We've heard the Christmas story many times. How, how many of you guys can almost recite it word for word like Linus? <laughs> and, and sometimes when we hear something enough, it, it gets out of the realm of awe and into the realm of more normal. What's something that could be awe-inspiring, all of a sudden, it, we, we, lose our, we can lose our awe for it. If, if, when we see the 100th nativity scene. And this morning, as we're starting the Christmas season, I, I want to I talk about the Christmas story, but I, I want to look at it through different, different eyes. C.S. Lewis said, In our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our world. A lot of times we can think of Christmas, and in Easter, it's, it's, it's easy to think of Jesus on the cross and, and, and envision the sacrifice of that, that the Almighty God was on the cross, and he could have just crushed humanity, but instead he paid the price. But we, when we look at the baby Jesus, most times we look at babies, we go, oh. Or if you're like me, I hate holding babies. When people are like, hey, do you want to hold my baby? I'm like, no, thank you. And it's not because I hate babies. It's because I'm scared I'm going to drop them. <laughs> I don't trust myself. Because there's a fragility to babies that they, they have. And we, we can think of the sacrifice of Easter, and it looks. We can, we can watch videos and see the cross. And when we saw, see videos of, of a baby, it's harder to picture the sacrifice of that, that, that the almighty God came as a helpless baby. In Philippians 2, it says this. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. Amen. So this morning I want to tell you a story about an old man and woman rejoicing over a poor stranger's baby. In Luke 2, 22 through 38, this is a part of the Christmas story that we don't talk about a lot. This was 40 days after Jesus was born when, when Mary took him to the temple. It says this. It says, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That's Mary and Joseph brought up Jesus. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And the reason it says two turtle doves, that's actually, that's the poor people's sacrifice. So, so Jesus didn't just come as a baby. He came as a baby into a poor family. So mom 
and dad and baby are there. And it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there's a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and there was a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God in Speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So we have Simeon who is going to the temple every day waiting for the promised Messiah. And, and you, can, you can imagine as Simeon goes, and it's, you can tell he's towards the end of his life, that he's been waiting a long time. Because when he sees Jesus, what he says is he says, I've seen it, now I can die in peace. So he'd been waiting every day, going to the temple, going, okay, this could be the day. This could be the day where I meet the Messiah. And I, wanna, I want you to picture yourself at that temple at that time, because now we look and we go, okay, of course he's excited, he saw Jesus. Nobody else in that temple knew it was Jesus. So they saw this poor woman and man coming in with a baby, and this elderly guy that, that's there every day, maybe the weird guy that's in the corner, and they're like, okay, there's Simeon over there waiting for his promise. And Simeon sees Jesus and gets excited. And, and I picture him, I don't, I don't know if you, like, it doesn't say how loud he did it, but, but I picture that that he was expressive. If you waited all your life for a promise, he was like a kid on Christmas morning, like tearing into the gift. He was like, man, the Messiah is here. This is what I've been waiting for. So why were Anna and Simeon so excited? Why were they acting like kids on Christmas morning? Because the gift of Emmanuel being devout Jews, they would know the promise from Isaiah. Isaiah 7:14. it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. God created man to be with him. In the garden, Adam, there was nothing between Adam and God. But sin separated man from God. And all of us have 
have followed the lead of our forefather Adam and gone into that way of sin. So sin separated. And since that point, man has tried to work his way back to God. Shortly after the fall, the, the Tower of Babel, they, they desired to build a tower all the way to heaven. They were trying to build their way back to God. If I try harder, if I do this more, if we just work together, then we can find peace. We can work together, we can do this, and we can build our way back to heaven. And if you look throughout Scripture and throughout history, history is, is a thing of people trying to get their way to God. And most religions are built on that. How do you get your way to God? But in the midst of it, for those that were in the Old Covenant before Jesus came, there were these promises that, hey, God is coming to you. Emmanuel is coming. It can be so easy to fall into the trap of building our way back to God. If I just try hard enough, if I just learn to love better, if I can just make it through this season, if I, if I, if I just can go and not fall in this sin one more time, if I just, if I just try higher, harder, if I just love better, or we can make excuses. If I just had more support, if someone just believed in me, Everyone has tried and failed and fallen short. Even Simeon and Anna. They had lived their lives and come to the conclusion that their only hope was God coming to them. We don't know Simeon and Anna's story before that, but something happened where the focus went off of them into, okay, I'm going to live my life waiting for this promise. It could be that they were in the Pharisee clique and, and tried really hard and worked really hard. Or it could be that they were the worst of sinners. And, but whatever it was, they got to a place where they got to the end of our, the, themselves and said, okay, I need Emmanuel. And so they waited for the promise. They, they went expectantly to the temple each day for that promise. And the promise came because God always fulfills his promise. He came and he met them and he met us in our mess. You didn't, we just sang, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What can separate us now? Throughout the Old Testament, there were people who had tastes of Emmanuel. In Psalm 34, 6 through 10, when, when David was on the run from Saul, and he went to the, finally went to the Philistines, his enemies, to try to get rescued from Saul. And then the Philistines wanted to kill him, so he had to pretend like he was crazy. Like he went to the Philistine king and was like, oh, oh, and, and drooling it in the mouth and, and just pretend like he was crazy. And, and the Philistine king was like, oh, he's gone crazy. We don't have to worry about him. And then he wrote this psalm. It says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He's still running from Saul, but he, he knows the promise. 
The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer and want hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So, so David got a taste, and he says, hey, everyone, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. But the Bible says this about David and the others in the Old Testament that tasted Emmanuel, including Simeon and Anna. They are in this group. In Hebrews eleven thirty-two through 40, it says this. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us. And this is why Simeon and Anna were so excited. They were waiting in that hope of Emmanuel, God meeting them where they're at. It was the gift of Emmanuel, the gift of God with us, and it was the gift of Jehoshua. In Luke 126 through 35, because I can imagine Simeon, so he gives that word, and, and Anna overhears it, I, or, or I don't know what was going on with her, it doesn't say, but she just started praising and telling everybody, hey, hey, he's here, Emmanuel is here, he's here with us. But I imagine as he shared that word, and he's talking with the family, because it, uh, I think he was so filled with the Holy Spirit and so excited that there wasn't fear. There wasn't kind of like, is this right? Is this wrong? He just knew. This is, this is the promised one. And so he's talking afterwards. He's like, hey, just tell me your guys' story. And, and Mary starts and shares this. Says, this is what happened with Mary. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. He said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Emmanuel. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or Jehoshua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? 
And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. So, so an angel came to Mary and said, Hey, you're going to have a child, and you're going to name him Jesus, and, uh, or Jehoshua is in, in the original Greek, Jehoshua. She says, How how's that going to happen? I've, I've taken health class. I know how babies are born, and I haven't done that yet. And he said, God's, God's going to put his son in you. So I can imagine Mary's conversation with Joseph. Joseph's like, I've heard a lot of excuses, but this is a doozy. And so we, we hear Joseph, Joseph's encounter with God. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So they hadn't been married. They were engaged. They were betrothed. And he was just going to be like, hey, I'm not going to put her to shame. I'm just gonna, we're just going to quietly do this. She's talking crazy stuff, and I'm not going for that. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So I can imagine the first conversation because, because the angel's telling him, call the name Jesus. He's already told Mary to call the name Jesus. So I'm guessing the first conversation, it didn't get to that point. They didn't get to the, like, hey, and the angel said, call his name Jesus. It was just, I'm pregnant, and God did it. And Joseph was like, okay, see you later. I love you, and I, and I fear God, so I'm not going to shame you, but we're done. And so he's, he's probably up at night, like, if, uh, if, if we were engaged and Stacy said, hey, I'm pregnant, but it's okay, it's from God. I wouldn't be sleeping well. I'd be like, God, uh, what, like, what is going on? So Joseph's there, and he finally gets to sleep, and the angel comes and says, hey, don't be afraid to do this. This is, she is telling the truth. And you're going to call his name Jehoshua. And so as he goes and he says to Mary, hey, I'm sorry. God spoke to me. This is what's happening. Uh, and, and God wants us to call his name Jesus, Jehoshua. And Mary goes, that's what God told me too. And as they're telling that story to Simeon, I can, I can imagine, like, what is your child's name? They say Jehoshua, and that's a very recognizable Hebrew name. We translate it Joshua. The first one to be named Joshua was the man who served under Moses and then led Israel into the promised land. But Jehoshua was not his birth name. Hosea was his birth name, which means savior or deliverer. So, so when... When his father Nun named Josh, Joshua, it wasn't Joshua, it was Hosea, which means Savior or Deliverer. 
And then Moses changes his name from Hosea to jo Joheshua. In Numbers 13, after listing off the 12 spies that Moses sent to check out the promised land, in, in verse 16, it says this. Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Hosea means Savior. Joshua means the Lord saves. So what Moses was saying to Joshua, he said, he was saying, I know you're going to take over the leadership for me and learn from my mistakes. I tried to be the deliverer of Israel, and I ended up in the wilderness with a stutter. It's the Lord that's going to save. And so Joshua, when he, when he started saying his name, Moses said, hey, I'm changing your name. He, would, he was declaring to the people, the Lord will save. And Joshua was one of the two spies that came back with a good report. Moses sent him in to spy out the land. And everyone said, the land is really good. But every, the, the ten spies said, there's, there's giants in the land. And we're like grasshoppers compared to them. And if Joshua was still Hosea at that point, he would have thought the same thing. Because if he was the Savior, if he was the one that I'm the one that's going to deliver Israel, when he looked at the, the giants, he would say, they're bigger than me. But he saw it through God's eyes. And this is, this is what he said to the people of Israel. So the people of Israel were rebelling against God and saying, no, we're not going to go in. We don't want to die. So then Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Jehoshua of the Old Testament tasted of Emmanuel. But there was another Jehoshua that was coming that would be the Lord that delivers. In, in Hebrews 4, it says, Joshua did not give them peace. He got them into the promised land, but they didn't even get the whole promised land. But there was someone that was coming that would be the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful Counselor. That's what Simeon and Anna were longing for. And that's what we're living in. We are living in Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus didn't want heaven without us, so he brought heaven down. He came and met us in our mess. And what baby Jesus tells me, what the picture of baby Jesus says to me, is that this is a God that is willing to humble himself and meet me in the midst of my mess. So whatever place you're in, I know December can be a stressful month for people, and it can be easy to fall into the trap of, of just like, okay, 
I got to do this. I got to get gifts for these, these, these people. Uh, but, but then I don't want to give in to consumerism too much. We've got to read the Bible every day. We got to do, uh, and, and I got to make sure that, that I don't forget this for the stockings. I got to uh, and I can't forget this, and I can't forget that. And, and if, I, if I spend too much on Christmas, then I'm not focusing on the right thing. If I spend too little, then I'm cheap, and I'm ruining my kid's Christmas. And there can be a lot of people that fall into that, that trap that's the Tower of Babel that we're trying to build our way up of just kind of going, okay, maybe I can be good enough. Maybe I can get to a place to where God can accept me where I'm at or, or where God can save me where I'm at. And God says, let me in in the mess. You're not going to get it right. You're not going to get Christmas right. When, when Moses sent Joshua and he was talking to the Israelites, he anointed Joshua, the leader, and he said, and the people are not going to get it right. They're not going to obey the law. That's a really encouraging word. He's like, be strong and courageous, 10 times to Joshua. Be strong, courageous, and you're going to fail. Because there was a second Jehoshua coming that will not fail. And he's the one who began a good work in you, and he's gonna, the one that's going to be faithful to see it through to the end. So this Christmas, how do you unlock the gift of, how do you open up and receive the gift of Emmanuel? First, you receive it. First, you, go, you have to, to go and say, hey, I, I'm letting you in. You paid the price already. You're here. I'm acknowledging it, and I'm letting you in. And then you open it. When you're stressed out, you go to God and say, God, you're with me. God, I don't have to know all the answers because you're a wonderful counselor. You are wisdom. I don't have to figure out all the gifts. I don't have to walk perfectly in my devotional life to have a relationship with you. You meet me in the midst of my mess. So we open it. What we do with the gift of Emmanuel, with the gift of Jehoshua, is we receive it, we open it, and we share it with others. Ann Voskamp in... The greatest gift says this, God gives God. That is the gift God always ultimately gives. Because nothing is greater and we have no greater need, God gives God. God gives God and we only need to slow long enough to unwrap the greatest gift with our time. Time in his word, time in his presence, time at his feet. So this Christmas season and beyond... Let's, let's open up that gift. The gift that Simeon waited patiently for. The gift that David saw coming in the future. The gift that Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before. I want to end with some questions. Will you receive the gift of Emmanuel? God with us. I'm not talking about some cute sinner's prayer. I'm talking about a true heart thing. I'm not talking bad about sinner's prayer. If you mean it in your heart, that's great. But where you're at right now, will you let God in? 
Will you let him into the hurt? Will you let him into the stress? Will you let him into the sin? Will you let him into the fear? Is there a part of your life that you've not let him be Emmanuel? If so, let him in. Will you open the gift of Emmanuel to take the time to just say, God, you're welcome. You're welcome here. Will you share the gift of Emmanuel? Because here's the great thing. If we have Emmanuel, wherever we go, Jesus is with us. So we never will walk into a hopeless situation because we bring the hope with us. And so as we allow him to be Emmanuel to us, that's going to spread to others. The greatest gift you can give someone is your relationship with God. This morning, will you receive the gift of Jehoshua, the Lord who saves? Or are you too prideful? I didn't realize how prideful I was until I injured my ankle. I couldn't do anything for a while, and some people know the story, but uh, and I'm not going to go into it very intensely this morning, but basically the, the nerves got stuck on where it was telling my foot to swell up and that all of it was injured. Uh, it's a thing called complex regional pain syndrome. And it's basically a misfiring of the nerve neurons. Uh, God really in that time took me from Hosea to Jehoshua because I was not doing good as a pastor. I was not doing good as a parent. I was not doing good as a husband. I was on my chair just trying to survive, trying to, to push through the pain. And, 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 and in that, I saw that I put a lot of my value, even though I wouldn't say it, I'd preach a gospel of grace, but a lot of my value was on what I did for others. And God was like, you don't need to do anything for anybody for me to be with you. I am the one who saves. And I will heal you in my time. I'm going to teach you patience. So God, uh, if you could teach me patience a little quicker, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> will you receive the gift of Jehoshua? If you have not let him into your life, today's the day. We have people who would love to pray with you. Will you open the gift of Jehoshua? If he's the Lord who saves, if he can save you from your sin, he can save your Christmas when the dinner is burning. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be right the way you want it. It means that he can give you peace in the midst of it. You might have pizza or frozen chicken nuggets. And your kids will remember that Christmas the rest of their lives. Will you open the gift of Jehoshua? Those who've walked with him. Will you continue to walk? There's no such thing as an expert Christian. We are all in need of his saving every day. Will you share the gift of Jehoshua? If we as a, a church can, can make him known, there's so many people that don't know that Emmanuel is here.
I was at two junior high basketball tournaments this weekend. And I was just looking around, and sometimes I just, when I'm around a bunch of people, and there's people I love in Union that I know don't know Emmanuel, I was just thinking, I was like, man, God, thank you that I know you, and I want to make you known. And so this, this Christmas, we can do all the things. Buy your kids gifts, do this, but let's make Jesus known. Amen? God, thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you meet us, you love us, you're with us, and you save us. I pray for everyone that's here, you know where they need your presence. I pray that their hearts would be open. Thank you that you are near and that you always have a plan. Thank you for saving us, and thank you for the gift you gave on Christmas. Let us, let us share that gift with the world. Thank you, and we praise you, and we pray all this in your mighty name. Amen.